0: Is it Sunday yet? Almost. Welcome into the Almost Sunday Fantasy Football Podcast. I'm Derek Logan, joined by Not Your Average Joes, Joe Mason, Joe Beldner. we got a great show for you. We're going to talk about tight ends. We're going to talk about guys that we won't leave our drafts without. It is well into draft season. It is the biggest week for drafts. We're excited to talk football here. We're almost there. And guess what? We didn't have any major injuries to deal with, so that feels good too. Cross your fingers. Hope that it doesn't happen in practice this week leading up to the week one matchup. But uh, I'm joined by Not Your Average Joe's again, so how are you doing this week, guys?
1: Mason, you go first today. I always take the lead here. (laughs)
2: <laughs> yeah no i'm doing i'm doing good it was a busy day with work but i just got back from fishing this weekend it's feeling a little refreshed feeling good and building how many sundays till football we got two sundays i can't wait Ooh. yeah no
1: my fiance is on only vacation. one empty one though yeah we
0: got one sunday without yeah, one it empty. and then the following one is just we got it
1: biggest draft the thursday of the year. before it biggest draft week draft how many drafts
0: week. do you guys have left though i've got two Okay, I've got I've, I'm in the middle of one a slow draft that's been going on. We're about uh, around ten or so, and then I've just got one left on Labor Day day.
2: Yeah, I've got that's it. I've got one on Wednesday for my keeper league, and then I got two next Wednesday right before uh, Thursday night kickoff. So. I'm oh, stoked. I guess
0: yeah. I have a mega draft on the Wednesday before kickoff.
2: Oh yeah, I got to join, so I'll be four. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I forgot
0: about that one. But, you know, I mean, I got to dust off some lineups here. You got to look at that Scott Fishbowl roster, figure out my starting lineup. It's going to be a busy, busy lead up to NFL action. Mm -hmm. But uh, I actually just had a draft this afternoon. I'm reprising my victory in the Fantasy Footballers Listener League. And uh, I was talking to the Joes before the show. I'm not really feeling great about it because I kind of ended up with a bunch of players that I had not taken in any other drafts thus far, whether it's best ball, keeper, redraft, all guys that I wasn't big on, but they just kept falling in value. And so I snagged them. Um, but that that just happens sometimes in fantasy football. You take guys you don't expect to just because at some point, everyone's a value. Mm-hmm. But again, uh, speaking of value in drafts, let's talk about guys that we don't want to leave our drafts without this year. Uh, why don't you start, Beldner? Who are you who are you targeting to pick every single draft as you approach the season?
1: Yeah, so uh, I love to wait on wide receiver, and um, when you're when you're getting towards the end of the sixth round into the seventh round, oftentimes you see two guys uh, that I like a lot: Adam Thielen first, and then Darnell Mooney, who often goes after him in uh, many drafts. Uh, Mooney specifically, when I look at him, you know you have the Bears' offense, which is kind of rough. They look good in their last preseason game. Um, if Justin Fields could play like that every game, then I f- would feel even better about Darnell Mooney. But he's the clear wide receiver one. They don't have many targets outside of him, Cole Komet, and then uh, Bayless Jones, their rookie. And uh, I just think his usage is going to be terrific. And I would be very confident with him as like, my wide receiver two in a deeper league, like a 14-team league. And uh, I just think the garbage points are going to be phenomenal. I, uh I'm confident enough in Justin Fields that he's at least going to hyper-target him. And uh, he's a player that, at his current ADP, I love the player and I love the value. So I would love to get him on almost all my teams this year.
0: Sounds good to me. I, I loved Darnell Mooney last year. I don't think I really have ended up with much of him this year yet, but I would be certainly happy to grab him in the tail end of the fifth, like early sixth if he's still there. But, I mean, man, Valus Jones – He's really not on my radar anymore after the, all the rookie hype and well I mean no. he, more like the the trash talking but Dallas Jones is definitely not on the radar for a redraft right now. It'll be funny if he like goes off in week 1 though. How how fantasy football fitting that would be. If after mm-hmm. all the bashing that we've done of Valus Jones throughout the off season, <laughs> during the NFL draft, during rookie drafts, during dynasty season, Valus Jones has like what, a punt return touchdown and like an 80-yard bomb or something?
1: He could take on the uh, Sammy Watkins career trajectory.
0: Seriously. Yeah, you heard it here first. Valus Jones is going to be the week one hot waiver ad.
2: I'll make a <laughs> DraftKings lineup with him and watch. Yeah. I,
0: he's got to be minimum salary. Those are out right now, I think. I would have yeah. to check that out. I haven't really d- dug into the DFS yet. Uh, so, Mason, who are you trying to leave drafts with this year?
2: Yeah, I really like Zach Ertz. And especially if you're trying to get go like mid to late tight end and you really want to load up on the other positions and feel good about your tight end, I just love the value right now in the seventh round, Zach Ertz. Uh, Probably my ideal start is go two running backs, three wide receivers. Maybe grab Jalen Hurts in the sixth, and then turn around with Zach Hurts in the seventh. And I'm super happy with how my mocks are coming and my drafts are coming with that outcome. Um, You know, after he was traded to the Cardinals, Hurts was the tight end four from week seven on. And you know, the top two wideouts, uh, one of them Christian Kirk left, and DeAndre Hopkins is suspended and is not going to be around to contest for targets. So I'm really expecting him to start strong for
1: the
0: beginning of the season I like right. it oh yeah go ahead Um, alright so Belner's got Darnell Mooney Mason's got Zach Ertz for me it's Kareem Hunt we're covering all the positions at least the flex ones I just love the value of Kareem Hunt where he's going in drafts right now uh, perennially a top 12 option even as the handcuff or partner in the backfield for the Cleveland Browns and so When I'm looking at RB3s and even potentially RB2s, if I'm going really wide receiver heavy with an elite tight end, Kareem Hunt really fits the perfect mold for a guy that has the upside to be a huge factor in your fantasy matchups with very little draft cost. He's going in the mid-rounds and uh, I think after uh, after the running back dead zone, to be honest, and if Kareem Hunt is on the board, uh, later in drafts, I am snagging him 100% of the time. Unfortunately, I didn't, I wasn't able to get him in the draft that I just did today. It was a larger one as a 14 teamer, but uh, I've gotten him in an 18 teamer. I've gotten him in a 10 teamer. I've gotten him in a 12 teamer. I'm going for him every single type and style of draft that I can get him in, uh, and he's in the sky's even the limit too. If if Nick Chubb were to miss any time, uh, Kareem Hunt has standalone value as that kind of 1A or 1B in that backfield. And then he has so much more uh, upside if Chubb were to miss time. So those are the guys that we want to leave drafts with. I think it's time to talk tight ends. So you're going into your drafts. Tight ends, not a sexy position. Uh, you kind of just have to take one. Oftentimes if you're not getting the elite ones, you're just going to grab one in the middle of rounds or the late rounds or Just grab a guy that you think might be good this year. So we're going to talk about our tight end rankings. We all ranked them individually and brought them together for a consensus. And to start off, uh, we have Travis Kelsey coming in at number one. I actually ranked him number two, believe it or not, uh, after I took him in the second round of a draft tonight. (laughs) Uh, But talk to me about Travis Kelsey. What else is there to add other than what's already been said in past years with him being so good?
1: Well, uh, last year was the first year he didn't finish as tight end one since uh, 2016. So, you know, his track record really speaks for itself. Um, he's almost 33 years old, so I understand the concerns. Um, it's kind of like, why would, you, why would you take this guy who's going to fall off the cliff eventually when you have Mark Andrews, who seems to be emerging? And I love Mark Andrews. He's, uh, you know, in our league, he's my dynasty tight end one. And uh, I think he's going to have a terrific year. But, you know, he has Patrick Mahomes and a bunch of unproven wide receivers that are new to the team, Travis Kelsey. And um, in 2020, he actually had the second most yards in the entire league, uh, and that was behind only Stefan Diggs. And I just don't think that there is a tight end in the league in recent history who could do this. This was the most receiving yards by a tight end in league history. So... When I'm looking at who's the top tight end, it's just like I'm not I'm not overthinking it. I think Travis Kelsey. Until the wheels fall off, I'll, I'll keep riding. So, yeah, I think I think he's the best.
0: It makes me feel good. <laughs>
1: your, t- your team's looking a lot better now.
0: Yeah, I mean, he's going ADP 202, and I got him at pick 19, which would be like what the 207. And so I think I mean. When you're condensing the value of guys in those first two rounds, that's a pretty big difference between where he is usually going and where I got him. So I'm very happy with where I got him.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, Kelsey's like old reliable for me. He just is such an advantage at the position. And I, I had a tough time deciding between him and Mark Andrews. But honestly, you can't go wrong. They're, they're both great. And I even looked at the, the numbers with and without Tyreek Hill, and they're pretty much the same. So, you know, I just expect the same from Kelsey going forward.
0: All right. So you mentioned our number two tight end. That is Mark Andrews of the Baltimore Ravens. Uh, Joe, the Both Joes had him at number two. I had him at number one. Um,
1: I Be think that – oh, yeah. oh, Mark Andrews, sorry. Like you said, you were tired. I think we're both tired on this Monday. I, what I, did I, I say? You said it correctly, and I heard it backwards.
0: <laughs> did I say – what Do you think I said, Andrew Marks?
1: No, I thought you said the uh, our rankings in the opposite.
0: Area. Oh no no no! I have him at number one, and Joe B and Joe Mason have him at number two. And the reason I have him at number one is first of all he was number one last year. Uh, second of all, they lost Marquise Brown in that offense. Rashad Bateman should emerge to to an extent, but you don't. He's not really a known commodity yet at the position, and so uh, Mark Andrews comes in at number one for me. Um, how are you all feeling about him going in the third round?
2: Yeah. I mean, like you said, he finished number one last year. Everything is looking pretty nice with no, no Hollywood Brown and just, man, it's just, you know, everyone always questions like Lamar Jackson and his arm, but I love it. I mean, I think he's going to be just solid again. And in the third round, you know, I'm willing to take that chance to have a positional advantage, um, especially in 12 team leagues, but even more so in like eight and 10 man leagues, if you play those, you know, smaller formats.
0: Yeah, that's a good point. When you're in a smaller league, you almost think that, oh, you can wait on tight end more because there's like less teams to compete with. But it's actually a little bit the opposite uh, because you want that elite spot. You need elite guys at every position in that eight person league um, where like having the first, second or third options is so crucial. And uh Uh, So, I mean, I don't think we need to talk much more about Kelsey and Andrews. They're very solidified at the top of our list. Mm -hmm. But already at number three, we have some discrepancies. We have Kyle Pitts at number three. Joe B has him at three. I have him at three. Mason has him down at five. Uh, So, Mason, tell us a little bit, what are your hesitations about taking Kyle Pitts uh, as the third tight end off the board? I mean, he is going relatively early in drafts in the third round. Maybe that's contributing to your ranking. I don't know. Why don't you tell me about it?
2: Yeah, I think it's just the quarterback change, you know, going from and and again, like Marcus Mariota made Delaney Walker pretty relevant in Tennessee, right? So he definitely likes to target the tight ends. But you know, I just I'm just a little nervous with the quarterback situation. Like if Mariota loses his job and isn't playing well, Desmond Ritter comes in, rookie quarterback. I just think there's a, a lot of risk for a higher pick and I'd much rather you know have the next probably four tight ends on you know our list above them at, just because their ADPs are much cheaper and I can get you know maybe a late or a high end RB2 or like a low end wide receiver one in that third round instead so just kind of the opportunity cost is kind of turning me away from it now there's a lot of good things you guys will probably talk about like the fact that I think he only scored what like one touchdown last year mm-hmm. last year right um and he finished as and you know, I think it was—I uh, don't know what he finished last year. It was still pretty high, right? And like the fact that he has—he was like to...
0: sixth or so, like in the yeah. sixth range.
2: Like if he did that with only scoring one touchdown, like he should get better. Um, I just don't know how much better and how much I'm willing to pay in my drafts for him.
1: You know, it's fair. Uh, when when I'm looking at Kyle Pitts, I think he joins the, like the uh. Travis Kelsey, Mark Andrews, and being like a just a complete positional advantage. And, um, I mean, it, it does kind of suck that he doesn't have Patrick Mahomes or Lamar Jackson throwing him the ball. But when I, when I watch him play football, he's just – no one can guard him. He, he, he quite literally is a wide receiver playing the tight end position. And uh, he got over 1,000 yards as a rookie. Like you said, he only had one touchdown. But he also uh, – I saw he was top five in targets in the red zone for tight ends. So there is potential there. Uh, he just didn't really convert. So that positive TD regression should definitely be coming. Um, I think he takes that year two leap. Uh, he lacks a touchdown upside because of, like you said, the offense might not be that good with Mariota or Desmond Ritter. But um, I just think the garbage points being down, the amount of targets he's going to get, I think he's going to get a um, decent amount over a thousand yards again. And then if you if you give him five touchdowns, that's a great season for a tight end. So when I see him like in the middle of the third round, uh, I've been more tempted to pounce on making that pick than I uh, definitely was earlier in the summer.
0: Yeah, I think uh, the one concern I have about Pitts is that I believe he's being drafted at his ceiling and not really his range of median outcomes. And so if you are taking him where you're taking him in drafts, you're counting on him to be up there in the top three. You can't afford to have him finish anywhere outside the top three. Because the, the way that you're picking him is, okay, this is a locked-in guy that I took ahead of wide receiver ones or twos. And so he has to perform like a wide receiver one in order to return the value of the draft pick that you spent on him. And um, I think it's a bit rich, but it's kind of fun to take Kyle Pitts. Mm-hmm. It's like the excitement of, like, this is an unknown commodity. He is so good at actual football, and mm-hmm. it's fun to watch him. So if you want to buy into a guy and, like, be at the forefront of his breakout there's no better guy to take than Kyle Pitts I think
1: yeah no and when I, when I'm taking Kyle, Kyle Pitts and mock drafts what it really comes down to is when I look at the tight ends that I would be getting later versus like the wide receivers that you could get in the middle rounds after you take Kyle Pitts I feel much better about my roster balance um with getting those later wide receivers in like the uh fourth fifth sixth seventh round so I think if you take him, you still could achieve pretty good roster balance.
2: I love the rush from drafting him, man, but I just, I just don't know. We'll see. I hope yeah. it proves me wrong.
0: Yeah. I, love, I mean, I think the way I, where I'm at is taking him in best ball drafts is pretty fun mm-hmm. because I don't really have to think about those until the end and think, okay, I, I uh, made some money off it or whatever, but I didn't have to deal with the stress of the redraft lineups Uh, So, looking ahead to number four on our tight end list is George Kittle. Uh, Joe B. has him at five, Joe Mason has him at three, and I have him at four for an average of four in our consensus rankings. Uh, I think what excites me about Kittle is that he can single-handedly win you a week a lot of times, uh, where all of a sudden he'll drop a 40-burger on the scoreboard. He'll have two touchdowns over 100 yards and just crush it. Um, Where I'm concerned is that the guy plays with reckless abandon, and you don't know if he's going to be reliably in your lineup every week because he could go out and truck a guy and kind of get hurt and banged up and uh, miss a couple games. I think you almost have to treat George Kittle like a running back in fantasy football where you have to count on him missing a couple games for just the physicality that he plays with. Uh, But Joe Mason's in on him. I don't know if that's his 49ers bias. So why don't you tell us about how you can objectively rank George Kittle at number three.
2: Oh, I'm definitely throwing some bias in there. I love George Kittle. He's probably my favorite 49er. But, you know, he finishes a tight end four, and he missed three games last year. I still think that's pretty crazy because he had to have some great games to make up that ground. Uh, All three tight ends that finished above him, uh, you know, they all played every game, except I think Kelsey missed a game from COVID. So, uh, you know, there are some concerns with Kittle, you know, Trey Lance is going to be starting this year. They might run, want to run the ball more. So that's something to be concerned of as long, you know, as well as his, like like Derek said, his injury history. But, man, he's just – he has some great games, man. He'll put up like a 30 or 40 burger if you play a tight end premium, and that just helps you win a week. So I, li- I like his draft costs right now at the beginning of the fourth round.
0: Yeah, what about you, Joe?
1: Yeah, you know, you know uh, George Kittle is my favorite player. So it, it's funny – having to rank him um, behind some uh, other players where I definitely would have him usually in my top three. But um, when I'm looking at him, he's an athletic freak, like you said, who's going to win you some weeks. Um, It really just comes down to how much you believe in Trey Lance as a passer. When I'm looking at Trey Lance, I just had a terrible voice crack um, (laughs) on live air. All the dryness just went straight (laughs) to the throat oh man i could use some water i was but, gonna play uh, it off but i just looked at you and- yeah yeah the second i made eye contact with you i was like all right this is something we have to talk about this is uh this is something i'm not getting away with
2: now you're a man
1: <laughs> literally but uh anyway yeah i gotta get my uh my low voice going again but um yeah you so i'm gonna come in and ch- save you? <laughs> No, uh, no, I'm good. So I believe in Trey Lance as a fantasy asset for the most part. Like, his, his rushing floor is going to be unbelievable. It's just the inconsistencies you see in an experienced quarterback. I'm treating Trey Lance pretty much as a rookie. Um, I think it's going to hit his fantasy assets. And even though George Kittle has those week-winning weeks, I think we're going to see some weeks where he kind of disappears, some weeks where he his best talent will be being utilized in the blocking game for his – uh. For his running back and his quarterback, and if those would apply to fantasy football, because I think he's the best blocker, uh, blocking tight end of the league, that would be fantastic. But I think, um, I think more weeks than not, he's going to show up a little inconsistent, and I would just rather get a more consistent tight end that early in the draft.
0: Yeah, I think you nailed nailed it on the head there with like the consistency. He can crush. You In two ways like you can keep can crush your opponent by just killing it on a week and then you can just crush you by doing nothing uh, As we saw last year a bit when he was healthy. he sco- he was in the top 12 week to week on 50% of his games um, Which was that's top 12, but it was like in the lower half of the top 12 as far as consistency wise outside of his huge blow-up performances um, every other game where he didn't finish in the top 12 he had under ten fantasy PP like under ten PPR fantasy points. Which is not what you want uh, in your lineup. You want at least ten. I mean, God forbid you have fewer than ten. Mm-hmm. And so fifty percent of the time he was having less than ten points, but the other fifty percent he was in the top twelve. So you kinda have to take the good with the bad with George Kittle and hope that he has more blow up games than disappearing games. Uh, So coming in at number five in our tight end consensus rankings is Joe Belner's boy, Dalton (laughs) Schultz, number four for Joe. What a weird flex. Number six for Mason and number five for me. Uh, He's going in round five at pick 12 in half PPR drafts. Um, Belner, give us some context on what your love of Dalton Schultz is like.
1: Yeah, so if I was going to have a massive voice crack, I would expect it being talking about Dalton Schultz over somebody like George Kittle. Because the way you would describe <laughs> Dalton Schultz is just kind of awkward. You know, he's not hes not very athletic. Um, it really just all comes down to, I love the offense. I love Dak Prescott. And I love the amount of targets that I project Dalton Schultz to get. Uh, last year, we saw him have a pretty much breakout season. Uh, I think he I think he has a better season this year, even though uh, his numbers were 808 yards on 104 targets and eight touchdowns. Now you look at those eight touchdowns and that's only one less than uh, Mark Andrews and Travis Kelsey had each last season. So he he was up there in the touchdown department with the uh, with the elite guys. And um, he's going to need the volume again to be relevant. I think he has even more than 104 targets this season. And um, he's arguably more of a touchdown threat than CeeDee Lamb. Um, CeeDee Lamb profiles as somebody that you would think would be good in the red zone. We haven't seen it yet. And I think that Dak might actually trust Dalton Schultz down there a little bit more than CeeDee Lamb. So I don't think it's crazy to think that he gets at least six touchdowns and it pushes eight again. And uh, who knows, maybe he 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 could even get more than eight, which would be unbelievable at his draft value. So when I'm looking at him, I I see the positional advantage just based on the volume. Uh, I love the situation. He's playing for a contract. And, uh, yeah, he's a tight end that I definitely want to walk away with more of because I already have him on some teams.
0: Is he just a young Zach Ertz?
1: Zach Ertz is far better.
0: Oh, okay.
1: Yeah. All right. Zach Ertz in his prime.
0: Yeah, all right. I feel that. I mean, I never thought that Zach Ertz was that athletic. He was just, like, very gifted at receiving. Yeah. And like getting using leverage and like finding the open space in the field. I mm-hmm. mean, he was not called no yak zack for no reason. Like, he wasn't a George Kittle, like, steamroll the defense on the way to a long touchdown. He just kind of is finesse, he finesses his way open. Yeah. So, I think I, I see a little bit of Zach Ertz and Dalton Schultz.
2: I like that comp, Derek. I'll yeah. Take that call. Yeah, I hope he, yeah, I hope he does that for the rest of his season. I mean, career.
0: yeah, Zach Ertz was like a top 5 tight to end option for a couple of years there. Doesn't he,
2: doesn't he have the tight end reception record? I'm pretty sure he does. Maybe he, Kelsey broke it recently, but I, th- I know he had it. Yeah, I think it. he did
0: have it at one point. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so, I mean, Mason, you have anything to add before we move to our number six guy? I know that you have plenty to talk about for that guy.
2: I mean, I really like, I know, for Hawkinson, oh, yeah, I can't wait. But for Schultz... <laughs> I mean, I like him, but I just think in the fifth round, I'd rather, or even early six, just, there's other players I like better than him. And I'd rather wait wait for Ertz or even wait for a tight end streamer, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, So that's just the price that I'm just a little, not as willing to pay right now. Otherwise I like him.
1: I'll add, I'm not breaking the bank when I see him like uh, in my, in my drafts, like I might, if there's a wide receiver or a running back that's slipping, and they're there when Dalton Schultz is there, I'll wait, and I'll, I'll, I'll get some of these value tight ends rather than him. But I do see him as that positional advantage. And if, let's say, you get sniped on a couple of picks, and you just want to get that tight end that might be better, I'm uh, very into it.
0: Yeah, I'm worried that he's going to be the trap guy this year, where at draft be. cost, it just feels like a nice kick in the teeth of like, wow, at the end of the season, you're like, wow, I really should not have done that. Like, you think about the guys in the past, like, what, Hayden Hurst when he was on the Falcons, Austin Hooper when he signed a big contract with the Browns. Yeah. I mean, even look at, like, Gary Barnage. Remember that guy for the Browns? He was tearing it up. That guy was a beast. And then it was like, he went pretty really early in drafts again, and then he just tanked. Robert Tunyon, I think, kind of people wised up, and they didn't really reach on him mm-hmm. after his huge touchdown performance. But, again, that guy, I mean, he got hurt eventually, but... A lot of disappointing, like breakout tight ends that, like, okay, this is the year he's gonna be really good, and mm-hmm. then they just really don't return value on where you pick them, and I'm worried that that's gonna be Dalton Schultz this year.
1: I'll be down very bad if that <laughs> happens.
0: <laughs> All right, so looking ahead to number six, we have T.J. Hawkinson of the Detroit Lions. I have him at number nine. Uh, Beldner has him at seven, and boosting his value in our consensus rankings is Joe Mason, who has him at number four. So, uh, I don't know. Does Hawkinson still have the really long hair?
2: He does. Oh, yeah. I think he's got it in the onion head man, okay. run, though, mm-hmm. you know. So. All right.
0: Tell us about your, uh, your love of the bun.
2: Yeah. I mean, I call him TJ Hockules, man. He's a beast. So, last year, he was the tight end three through week 13 before he got hurt. And he had the pro- prototypical, you know, tight end se- uh, third season breakout. And he was just a beast. Uh, you know, everyone's kind of, I think they're discounting him now or not giving him as much respect because obviously, you know, it's like Swift's healthy and Amon raw had a good finish when Hawkinson was hurt. Um, so I know there's some question marks about everybody, you know, all the mouths to feed in the Detroit offense. But yeah, I'm a big TJ Hawkinson believer, truther, love him. I think at his
0: draft price in the sixth round, I am willing to
1: pick him there. What about you, Joe? Yeah, no, I, I love Hawkinson. Uh, I would I would arguably say that Hawk was uh, my Dalton Schultz last year, where going into draft season, uh, I, I was quite in love with taking him for a lot of my teams. I remember in our footballers draft, uh, that was a priority, and I got him, and I was ecstatic. And I think many, many people felt the same way about Hawkinson last year. And he had a terrific year. Uh, He missed some games, so that kind of took away from his totals. But I think he just didn't do enough last season where he exceeded the expectations or met the expectations that people wanted from him. And that's why we're seeing people be a little less interested in him for this season. Um, He's entering that year four where we see tight ends break out. Um, the reason why I have him as my tight end seven and not a little bit higher is he has the competition of targets with Swift, Amon-Ra, Chark, and then it's Jared Goff throwing him the ball ultimately. Where you look at some of these other tight ends that might be going before him that could command a pretty good target share, and they have uh, better quarterbacks. You know, you look at Dalton Schultz, he has uh, Dak Prescott. You look at yeah, just a lot of these names. They have better quarterbacks at the end of the day. So I think it's a fine pick, but I don't see too much of a difference between him and like a Cole Komet. Uh, I think Jared Goff is probably a better quarterback than Justin Fields at this point in the career. But I think that he's just going a little bit in that dead zone for tight ends where I'd rather wait all the way till the end of my draft, really.
0: All righty. Yeah. I don't, I have much to add about Hawkinson other than that. I think he's pretty good, but like Mm -hmm. you mentioned, there's some competition for targets there and, when I'm looking for a tight end to potentially break out for my roster, if I'm going to take him late, I want him to be like the second option at least in the in the hierarchy of targets. And Hawkinson certainly should earn that. But when, like you said, when it's Goff throwing the ball, and then you got Swift getting targets, and Amon Ross St. Brown Brown getting targets and that signing, DJ Shark, DJ Shark, I think is going to low-key get plenty of targets because uh, Goff can throw it pretty pretty good to the outside. So, uh, Hawkinson isn't really a guy I'm targeting, especially in the sixth round. I'm trying to grab RBs and, and wide receivers at that point. Uh, now, I think the biggest surprise in our rankings is Darren Waller at number seven. Uh, Beldner has him at six. I have him at eight. Mason has him at eight. And uh, the reason I say it's a surprise is because this guy's going in round three on average in drafts. And so, we're really fading Darren Waller at cost. Uh Mason, you you ranked him similarly to me. Why are you fading Darren Waller?
2: I'm sure yours is probably similar to me with the new, you know, big wide receiver in town. I yeah, just don't absolutely. think you know, Derek Carr and Devonta Adams go way back to college. So there's gonna be less targets. Also, I think it was Derwin James said that Hunter Renfro was like one of the hardest people to cover, too. Mm-hmm. I think Hunter Renfro just had a a coming out year. And I think he's also going to get a lot of targets. So that, and I think Darren Waller is dealing with the injury. So, you know, just a lot of, a lot of things is like not really going right for him right now, besides about to get paid, you know, that's about it.
0: Yeah. Darren Waller, uh, he was really relying on being hyper-targeted as the main weapon in that passing offense. And now he's at least two in that hierarchy and maybe three, depending on how, Hunter Renfro can carry over his breakout into the next season. And so when you don't have the huge, huge volume of targets coming his way, I'm really not in love with Waller, especially at what you have to pay up to get him. And it is concerning. Like you said, this guy has not been practicing. And so, uh, sure, I I guess, I mean, he has the rapport with Carr. He doesn't have to practice too much. But you'd you'd at least like to get him on the field before you're spending a top three pick on him as term in terms of rounds in your draft so I'm pretty much out on Waller I don't think I'm going to have him on any teams uh, that doesn't mean he's not going to be good uh, he was though tight end one in week one last year overall he had some struggles uh, throughout the season but you know what he's capable of it's just is he going to get the opportunity to return to the value that he had in previous years with Devonte Adams in tow now
1: yeah he reminds me of George Kittle uh, very different situations, obviously, but just in the fact that I don't think the consistency is going to be there, but they're both super athletic. So the spike weeks are going to come just based on their talent alone. Uh, he's only practiced once actually, uh, this training camp because of the hamstring injury, but there was reports today that, uh, he, he, he might be getting a massive extension. So I don't know if he's just holding out more than an actual injury, which would obviously help him in the beginning of the season if he does get that contract or he just decides to play but he is a player that I'm fully avoiding in drafts I don't expect to have a single uh, share of Darren Waller this year so yeah I'm out for 2022
0: all right so next on our list after Darren Waller is our man Zach Ertz Mason doesn't want to leave Drafts without him, he's got him ranked at number 7. I'm the highest on him at number 6, and Joe B has him at number 9. I mostly, I mean, he comes in tied with Darren Waller, um, but just a little bit bumped down because of uh, his highest ranking, which is 9. Zach Ertz, for me, is going to be as reliable as you can get at the tight end position, and you don't have to pay much for him. He's going in the back end of the 8th round, and I don't see much difference between Zach Ertz and a guy... Like, uh, I mean, TJ Hawkinson should probably season-long put up similar numbers. Hawkinson will probably have higher spike weeks and lower bad weeks, while Urch just kind of sticks in the middle and has some good games. Not really great games, but not really bad games. And so when you're getting a tight end to be your starter late in the draft, that's kind of really what you're aiming for, not a guy that's not going to sink you. And uh, especially in the first six weeks where he should be the second target in that offense behind Marquise Brown, I'm uh, really happy to take him late. I've actually found myself getting the opportunity to take elite tight ends earlier in draft, so I'm not actually getting too much Ertz exposure uh, throughout this draft season, but if I were to be in a draft where I'm just waiting and waiting on tight end, Zach Ertz is definitely the guy that I want to go with.
2: Yeah, I just love the price, like I said earlier in the show. I mean, to just load up the rest of your roster and then grab Ertz. And I think I said seventh round looks like his ADP is around 811 right now. I mean, that's just too good for me to pass up.
1: Yeah, I like his value a lot. Um, I have him the lowest out of the three of us. But, uh, yeah, no, I do like him as a late-round tight end target. Uh, He has missed this offseason with a calf injury. Uh, He hasn't played a single preseason game and he's getting up there in age. Uh, Prior to going to the Cardinals, we thought he was washed up. Uh, Nobody wanted a single share of him. And uh, he he was a tight end six from when he joined the the Cardinals um, week seven on last season. So I think with uh, Hopkins out the first six games, he should be uh, really awesome and really reliable. But uh, there's a couple of red flags that just move him down my list just a little bit.
0: And uh, do you, I mean, Joe, I know that you were really in on the rookie Trey McBride during like the draft season and for Mm -hmm. Dynasty League. So do you think he's going to cut into Ertz's workload at all during the regular season?
1: It's kind of tough to say. I love him as a Dynasty target, Trey McBride. But um, yeah, you know, Titans don't really hit in year one for the most part. Um, I think they will be pretty curious to see how good this kid could be. So I don't think he's not going to he's going to be on the field a little bit. Um how much that will actually impact Ertz, I don't think it will it will be anything crazy. But uh yeah, moving forward I think uh McBride's definitely the future of this team. A big plan of the future with uh Kyler being resigned too. So uh you know, I'm excited about McBride in future years, but not this one.
0: All right, fair enough. Looking at our 10th guy, I mean, now I, I skipped I skipped my team's guy actually have him on the wall above me. You can't see it because it's audio, but just trust me. Uh, Dallas Goddard is our number nine consensus tight end. I have him at number seven. Uh, B has him at eight, and Mason has him at 11. He's going in the seventh round around pick six. He's really the only tight end going in that round right now. So for folks waiting, he's the guy that people are snagging in that range. Uh, I What I love about Dallas Goddard is that... Um, He's going to be on the field all times. He's a really good blocking tight end and a good receiving tight end, so he's not going to leave the field. The Eagles are probably going to run a lot of running sets where they're going to have two tight ends lined up with two wide receivers. Uh, Goddard will be out there. He'll be running routes. He'll be getting targets. Um, Jalen Hurts loved targeting him last year, uh, kind of out of necessity as the number two option in the offense. My only concern about Goddard is that he's probably going to be bumped down to number three in the pecking order of targets in that offense, which is lower in volume than you might like in fantasy football. However, he does have touchdown upside uh, along with that receiving yards. Um, and so if I'm looking at a guy later in drafts again, uh, after the elite tight ends are picked, you can you can do a lot worse than taking Dallas Goddard. What do y'all think?
2: Yeah, I mean, i I'm a little bit lower than him on consensus. I think he was really inconsistent last year, but he did have some good games and I want to see those touchdown numbers go up, but mm-hmm. you know, his snap percentage, you're right. Derek, after they traded Zach Ertz, he was around, you know, 70%. And then he was above 90% consistently. So he's always on the field, you know? And so I think the big question mark is, cause I know they were running the ball a lot and he had his best game against the jets when Jalen hurts, you know, didn't play. It was Gardner Minshew. Um, had that monster week, but I feel like last season he just kind of hurt me more than he helped me, and maybe I just got a bad taste in my mouth. But the opportunity there for him to have a great season and be a solid tight end.
0: Yeah, maybe I overvalue him a little bit because I definitely, again, I'm an Eagles fan, and so I see those games the most. I tune in on Red Zone to see a lot of the other stuff that happens, but I'm watching those meticulously, and I see Dallas Goddard running open the middle, running open over the middle. And uh, I think I saw a stat that Jalen Hurts really doesn't target people between the hashes, which is not great when you're trying to get the tight end points. Uh, but Dallas Goddard is just a capable receiving tight end that uh, I think he is going to be good this year, despite the addition of A.J. Brown. Uh, I think they'll throw more um, with the development of Jalen Hurts, and uh, I think he'll definitely score some more touchdowns this year. We saw it in the preseason. He got open, scored a touchdown, hurtled over a guy. Uh, so... I'm, I'm in on him when it comes to being a top 10, top 10 tight end. You yeah, know, he's been killing
1: yeah. it. Yeah. Killing it in training camp camp. And, uh, I think he's a hell of a talent. Um, you put him in Dalton Schultz role and I think he goes nuclear. It's just when, when it comes to Dallas Goddard for me, it's just, you question is the cake big enough with, uh, Hertz? You were just saying you expect the team to throw more, but, um, I just, I, I don't know with, uh, you know, you have the running backs with Miles Sanders and Kenneth Gainwell who catch some passes. You have A.J. Brown coming over. Smith and uh, even like Quez Watkins is a pretty good player in my opinion. So I just question if the cake's big enough and if the cake's good enough. Is Hurts really that good of a passer? We know what he is as a rusher, but if the if he's not throwing that much and then the quality of throw, isn't that good then uh it just scares me away from a player as talented
2: as down Dal- uh as Dallas Goddard I think the Eagles sniped the Cowboys actually in the yeah. draft taking Goddard I remember that everybody was like oh Cowboys need a tight end and the Eagles were like we're not letting you have this awesome tight end we're taking Uh uh-huh. what could <laughs> have been that is what happened
0: know. and then it was a big question until they traded Ertz of like when are they going to trade Ertz because I mean they can't keep two to really, like, not elite fantasy football option tight ends, but for all intents and purposes, they are pretty elite tight ends for NFL action. And so, there was just the writing was on the wall that eventually Ertz was going to be the odd man out. Uh, coming in at number 10, I jumped the gun a little bit and skipped Goddard, but now we're at number 10 for Dawson Knox of the Buffalo Bills. Uh, I have him at number 12, Mason has him at number 8, and Joe Belner has him at number 11. Uh, that, that puts him at number 10 in our consensus. So uh, Joe Mason, you have him ranked ahead of the likes of Goddard uh, and tied with Darren Waller, it looks like. So why do you love Dawson Knox?
2: Yeah, you know, I think the big question mark for him is what do you think his touchdowns are going to do? You know, he had nine touchdowns in 2021. And, you know, he actually went to Ole Miss. He was on the same team as DK Metcalf and AJ Brown. And so I don't even think he caught a touchdown in college because (laughs) – obviously those beast receivers are on his team, right? So he was kind of overlooked. He was a great talent. And, you know, I think Josh Allen trusts him in the red zone. I think he had a couple games where he had, you know, two touchdowns or more. Um, Yeah, he had two of them. So, you know, Josh Allen trusts him in the red zone. I think the touchdowns are going to continue. And he's playing a lot. His snap percentage is hovering around 90% and above for all the games he played except for one in week one where he only played you know, 56%. So they're all in the green. He's playing a lot. Uh, I think he's a good value uh, later in drafts.
1: Yeah, no, uh, when when I'm looking at Dawson Knox, you know, you you just talked about how many touchdowns he had, the nine, uh, which puts him up there with Andrews and Kelsey for having the same amount of touchdowns last year. And uh, you look at the rest of his stats and he has under 600 yards. So when I'm when I'm evaluating players come draft season every year, Um, Touchdowns, they're a stat that's hard to predict year to year, but when you see an outlier like that where their receiving yards are disappointing and they had so many touchdowns, even with somebody like Josh Allen, it's something that it's going to be really, really tough to replicate. Um, You saw Diggs have a bunch of touchdowns last year, and now you have Gabe Davis who's going to be up there with uh, his snap count higher than ever before, and the only thing he's done on a limited snap count in his career so far in his first two years is score touchdowns. Like Gabe Davis is just a touchdown maker. So when I combine those two players and the projected touchdowns, I just don't think that it's really that possible that Dawson Knox could have that many touchdowns again. So he's gonna have to get more targets. He's gonna have to get more yards if his touchdown number is not gonna be that high for him to finish um, where he finished last year or even close, so. That's kind of why I've been staying away from Dawson Knox, even though he's in a terrific offense and he's very, very athletic.
0: Yeah, you hit the nail on the head again uh, where I'm low on Dawson Knox because I don't believe that the touchdown numbers can be held up. And uh, in the red zone, my fear is that Josh Allen loves to run it in. And so in some offenses, the tight end's the guy that you're going to deep in the red zone. And certainly that's the case at times with Dawson Knox, but there's going to be plenty of other times where you're like, okay, this is Knox territory. They're going to throw it to him in the end zone. And then Josh Allen waltzes in because uh, all the defenses are trying to cover Diggs and Knox and, I mean, Singletary out of the backfield. And you've got, uh, like, the new guys, Jamison Crowder and Isaiah McKenzie and Gabe Davis. Of course, Mm -hmm. I forgot to. Gabe Davis. I forgot Gabe Davis. How could I forget Gabe Davis? How could you forget
1: Gabe Davis? How could I forget him? Have you ever been on Twitter before, Derek? (laughs) Yes,
0: for real. In my head, I was like, okay, well, who's the guy that everyone needs me to, I need to say because everyone's obsessed with him? Yeah, so uh, Dawson Knox, there's plenty of mouths to feed in that offense. And um, with Gabe Davis potentially emerging, I see him as a red zone threat to take away uh, Knox opportunities. And so that's what contributed to me being a bit lower on him. Uh, so, coming in at number 11 is Cole Komet of the Chicago Bears. Uh, 10 for both Joes, 16 for me. Uh, I think the biggest knock against Komet was that he only had um, – no, he didn't He didn't even have a touchdown last year. Zero touchdowns. Mm-hmm. I almost said one. No, I give, I give him too much credit. He had uh, one last
1: week in preseason. Yeah. <laughs> it so looked he's, terrific.
0: He's going late. He's going in the 11th round, which is fine. I'm fine to take him there, but I just am not really that excited about him. I think that – People are just overblowing the fact that, like, he's going to score a bunch of touchdowns now. We don't know that that's the case. I mean, yeah, he scored in the preseason, but I'm still kind of in, in the prove-it camp. Uh, I think he's a fine dynasty asset, and he could prove me wrong, certainly. But in the Bears' offense, even if he does start scoring touchdowns, I think the limit on that is going to be, like, four. And that doesn't get me excited for a tight end that I can probably stream instead of.
1: Yeah, you know, I— I like Cole Komet a lot if you're waiting at tight end. Uh, He's my tight end 10. And uh, what scares me from drafting him to a lot of my teams and why I sometimes go earlier is he's kind of like a cutoff tier for me, where if someone else is like, you know, I I know Cole Komet's a sleeper because it's no secret. A lot of people are high on him. When I I wait that long and then I get sniped, I'm just like, oh, crap. And then you end up with like a David Njoku. You end up with someone who I have a lot less – a lot less, uh, confidence in. So when I'm looking at Colcomit, it's like how many tight ends are you going to find that's going to get over a hundred targets that late in the draft? And I don't know how he's not going to get hundred targets in this offense. Um, the garbage points is what really gets me excited. Like forget about the positive TD regression. It's just the garbage points. They're going to be down in every game. And, you know, they have a young quarterback who's going to be looking down the middle for his reliable tight end when when he needs him most. So I just think Komet is going to have a great floor most games. Um, Is he the sexiest pick? Like, you know, he's not going to have your George Kittle, Darren Waller weeks. He's not that type of player that's going to win you weeks. But I just think he's going to be rock solid. And uh, at a position that it's very hard to get reliable, consistent uh, weeks out of, I think he's going to be a rock. So, yeah, he's a player that I like late in your drafts.
2: I like to compare him a lot to Kyle Pitts. Like if you look at their seasons last year where Kyle Pitts caught one touchdown and everyone's expecting those touchdown numbers to go up. Right. Well, I think if <laughs> you're in on Kyle Pitts, I think you need to be in on Cole Met, right. Kind of similar, getting a lot of targets. They should, he should see some more touchdowns. Um, he had like 20 less targets than Kyle Pitts and caught only eight less balls. So, you know, um, I, I, I like it. I know we're both at ten with Cole Komet, and mm-hmm. I think he's a great sleeper late in your drafts. So if you want to punt the position, take him late.
0: Alrighty. prove me wrong, Cole Komet. I'm not. I'm not a hater. I just. I mean, I just rather have somebody else. And if now, you
1: draft him, you could use the team name uh, "How I commit Your Mother." So <laughs> that's a that's a pretty good bonus. That's pretty good. I didn't, I that didn't know is that.
0: good. That is good.
1: It looks like his name should have a silent K. I don't know about you guys, yeah, when I look at yeah. yeah, I I Komet, I, mean, I, I don't know.
0: He comes after Knox in our rankings. That's a silent K. Yeah. Knox and Met.
1: Yeah. All righty. Knox is doing it the right way.
0: So last on our list of top 12 tight ends, we have Hunter Henry coming in at number 12. I've got him at 10. Mason has him at 16. Belner has him at 13. Uh, I think the, I mean, the only reason I have him that high is because of the touchdown upside. Last year, he scored a bunch of touchdowns, and so uh, you were able to stream him. And, um, like, Hunter Henry has the ability to score two touchdowns in a game, which he did last year. Uh, and so I think very few tight ends on this list have that ability. And that's why I gave him a bump in the rankings. He's going super late in drafts, almost undrafted in some, in some leagues, depending on how many rounds you're going through. Uh, but Hunter Henry was a top 12 tight end last year, and I think that he's, he's going to be every bit of a top 12 tight end this year again, um, that doesn't mean that I necessarily want him on my team because he's not very consistent. But if you're looking to stream a guy and he's on waivers, you can do a lot worse than grabbing Hunter Henry, throwing him in your lineup, and hoping for those touchdowns. Because once you get past like the top 10 tight ends, that's really all you're looking for anyway, is if I throw this guy in my lineup, do I have like an over 50% chance that he's going to score a touchdown? And that's Hunter Henry.
2: Mm-hmm. I think he's probably like the least sexiest pick you can make for your team like i took him in one of my drafts as one of my last picks and my rest of my team's great and i'm looking at my tight end and i'm like wow i have hunter henry like i'm why not did excited I, why about did i it. do this to yeah myself. <laughs> yeah but i mean i think he's gonna be top 12 and he's right now the tight end 15 off the board so yeah I mean, he's like you said, Derek, he's, like, basically free, you know, in your drafts. But the touchdowns, man, Mac Jones likes him. So, Mm -hmm. yeah.
1: Yeah, no, I'll talk firsthand from rostering him. Having him on your fantasy team and having to watch the entire game is absolutely brutal. Because you'll, like, watch three quarters where he'll have one target, not even get the catch, and then all of a sudden he'll finish with two touchdowns and then you're feeling right. really good at the end of the night. So <laughs> if he could replicate that, then uh, I'm all for it. Like I said, the touchdowns are hard to replicate. And uh, I think the team will use Johnu Smith a little bit more. At least I'm hoping they do because they signed him to that massive contract. And I think he's more than just a blocker. Mm-hmm. So uh, it'll be interesting to see how their snap counts are, the two of them. But uh, yeah, as, as in terms of streaming, I think he's a pretty good option.
0: All right. So that'll do it for our top 12. Um, before we close out the show, though, we're, we're probably going to look at – well, no, we are going – we're going to look at some tight ends that we think are sleepers. They're not in the top 12 of our rankings, but we want to talk about them anyway as guys to keep your eye on, maybe very tail end of your draft or on the waivers. So uh, who do you have, Belner.
1: Yeah. So I'm going to talk about David Njoku and uh, you're talking about not sexy pics. <laughs> yeah. That's uh, that's David Njoku for you also. But um, yeah, no, he, he, he grew up just like a town over from where I'm living now in New Jersey. Oh, That's cool. Yeah. So that, that's a cool little connection. And then uh, he went to university of Miami where my sister went. So I've got some connections to David Njoku that make me root for him. And he got that massive contract. Um, of course, we'd rather be seeing Deshaun Watson throwing him the ball so that offense could go nuclear and make a playoff run. Because I, th- I think if everything, you know, I don't want to get into the legal things, but Deshaun Watson is a hell of a talent and he would definitely boost this guy being such an athletic freak. But um, you have Jacoby Brissett, who is not the greatest quarterback. He's a he's a good backup quarterback. But whenever he does play, he hyper-targets the tight end position. And you look at the receiving options on the team, uh, other than Amari Cooper, you have, like, Donovan Peoples-Jones, you have the rookie David Bell. And it's just like, why would you give this guy a four-year, $56.75 million contract and not use him? So you mix the new contract, the fact that he's an athletic freak, and the fact that he has a quarterback – to start off the year that hyper targets the position and then they'll move on to Deshaun Watson. Um, Let's assume that he's similar to uh, his previous self when he, when he starts to play Um, and he gets a Texans week one. So that's going to be a fun game to watch, but yeah, no, I just, I just like David Njoku as a late round target. Um, I think he has a lot of things going for him where a lot of the other tight ends in this range have less.
0: All right. Joe's got, David Njoku, what do you have, Mason?
2: Yeah, I I've always been a big believer in Hayden Hurst. And, you know, he got drafted to the Ravens. And then Mark Andrews, you know, overtook him as the team's tight end. And, you know, he he went to the Falcons, didn't do much. And now he signs with the Bengals, right? And they they don't they've had Drew Sample, who just was a second round pit, hasn't done anything.
0: No, Hayden Hurst he is
2: he's an awesome talent. Uh, out of South Carolina I believe and so mm-hmm. I just think in all the camp reports have been awesome about Hayden Hurst how you know everyone's talking him up having a great camp a uh, great teammate and you know they need a they need a presence over the middle of the field uh, besides Tyler Boyd obviously in the slot but I think Hurst he's basically free too he's at pick 215 so he's another guy that you know you can just. Snag with your last pick if you want. See what he does week one. If he doesn't do anything, drop him and pick up somebody else. Um, And I really wanted to talk about Robert Tunyon, but we were all kind of high on him. You know, he's going to do good. I think for you know, with no Devonta Adams, him and Aaron Jones are going to benefit when he gets back.
0: I think he's going to be low key, like Um, a good, a good pickup. Um, so the guy that I want to talk about is way down in drafts, and it's Tyler Conklin. of the New York Jets my guy the guy was uh, pretty dang good last year for the Vikings for what it's worth I mean he certainly wasn't the top option but he wouldn't have been the worst option in the world for you to go with Uh, and he and CJ Uzama both signed with the Jets this offseason but by all indications Tyler Conklin has been the lead guy out of those two and uh, just very positive reports coming out of camp throughout the throughout the the preseason Uh, like He's a top target for Zach Wilson and Joe Flacco. Um, and so, if, I mean, if you're in a deep, deep league, Tyler Conklin is a guy to look out for. And even if it's not a deep, deep league, and you punt it on tight end and they just do terribly the first couple weeks, Tyler Conklin is a guy that you should keep an eye on for the first couple weeks to see how he does. Uh, because if he picks up where he left off from Minnesota, uh, the guy got a decent contract, and he's going to be a part of the offense. So uh, I think the biggest dig against Conklin is he's on the Jets, uh, and they're not expected to be a prolific offense by any stretch. And Ouch. Pl- I mean, <laughs> is that really a surprise, No, Joe? I know. It's not a surprise. Uh, and there's also plenty of young guys that they want to get involved. Uh, but Tyler Conklin's no slouch, and I think that he'll be a good red zone target for – Whoever's that quarterback, whether it's Joe Flacco to start the season or Zach Wilson when he gets healthy.
2: Yeah, you know, he's been featured in preseason with the starters over Zama, So I, I like the pick, Derek. like the sleeper.
1: Yeah, I do too. As, as a Jets fan, yeah. I've, been see, I've been seeing a lot of Conklin in the uh, practices and preseason. And, yeah. Uh, have, have you noticed how tattooed that guy is? Oh, yeah. I didn't appreciate no. it. He is tattooed from, like, the neck down. Like, his legs, <laughs> you can't even see. Justin ranks. <laughs> yeah, Justin Rams. He's a bad dude.
0: <laughs> He's going <laughs> to dominate. All right, so that'll do it. Uh, tomorrow's cut day. Who do you think's getting cut? That's a surprise. I'm throwing you, I'm throwing you on the spot here. Who's getting cut tomorrow that we don't expect?
2: Mm, Tom Brady. <laughs> Maybe Ronald Jones, man. I heard there's talk he might get cut. I'm just yeah, kind of surprised, yeah. but yeah, we'll see.
1: I think we could have seen LaVisca Chenault if he didn't get traded today. Yeah. Yeah, which uh, my last year feelings on him are in shambles because I thought he was going to break out. But, uh, yeah, that, he's had a surprising career.
0: Man, what, I mean, let's see. I have no basis for any of this information. I mean, could we see Robbie Anderson get cut? Mm-hmm. I mean, they traded for LaVisca Chenault, They're not going anywhere fast. Anderson's like almost a 30-year-old receiver
1: disgruntled with the uh baker
2: yeah you know i think i think it depends on what they think of terrace marshall yeah you know like that's my guess though yeah that's a good that's a good bet though my guess is
0: robbie anderson and i mean jalen rager (laughs) jalen rager Rager. oh buddy probably
2: like please cut him
0: (laughs) ah just just rip the band-aid off the dude got picked before justin jefferson just make the suffering end. That's brutal. It's just silence. <laughs> Who do you think is going to get cut, Belner?
1: I'm thinking. I'm putting you uh, on spot. I know, because we saw Sony Michelle uh, yeah, get cut, cut today. Cut. Um, I'm thinking of a player that's similar. Do you have anyone in mind, Mason?
2: Did you already, did you, Did you already say Uh one? I said Ronald Jones, <laughs> but I guess maybe somebody that's surprising. I mean. Mm. I think Sony Michelle today, like you said, is pretty surprising. I thought he was going to make the team. Yeah, you know that day hey, that's promising for my Miles Gaskin. Dynasty shares, <laughs> guess. I'm like, all right.
0: <laughs> I think, uh, or uh, let me throw another name: in. Diami Brown might get cut.
2: Mm. That'd be yeah. surprising. I was never a fan of him,
1: really. I'm going to go with Benny Snell, mm. just because people were okay. thinking he'd be the RB two. Yeah, uh, for not the Steelers so much. behind Najee, and now uh, they have McFarland, and then the rookie Warren. Mm-hmm. who uh he's looked pretty good and then i guess Absolutely. you could say trey sermon too but yeah i've, I've seen mixed reviews righty yeah should be interesting
0: that'll do it hey by this time next week we'll be three days away from football oh man we'll we'll see you then thanks for tuning in if you're listening up to this point we appreciate you you've been listening to the almost sunday fantasy football podcast and guess what it's almost sunday it's almost football